Welcome to the English for Change podcast, a place for you if you are an ambitious English learner and you want to build a confident voice in English so you can make positive change for yourself and the world. My name is Ruth Whittle and I am an English language teacher. Join me here each week as we explore ways you can improve your English and your life and use your voice in English to speak about important global issues. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode. This is part two of my refugee series. Last week I spoke to you on how you can speak about refugees in English vocabulary to use. And this week I'm going into the definitions of what a refugee is and other other different ones like asylum seeker and migrant and also exploring the current refugee crisis let's call it of the invasion of ukraine and yeah i want to bring with you some reliable sources that i have uh, gone back on in my research and also just for my own studies and experience and then also my own experience working in a refugee organization in ireland a few years back so let's get right into it. Maybe I, I can set the scene and talk about my own experience for a moment. So yeah, I have a master's in human rights law. And as I was finishing it in 2015, there was the Syrian conflict. And in Europe, we called it the refugee crisis because we were receiving many, many Syrian refugees. Also, ones coming across land, but some coming by sea and, and coming on boats. Some of these boats not very strong and many people, unfortunately, losing their lives trying to cross um, the Mediterranean to get into Europe. So it was a huge humanitarian situation. And also, I think some people's minds were, you know, people were not very open to receiving people to receiving Syrian people at first, I think, but I do think people's mindset and people's attitude change over time as we saw young children um, who lost their lives trying to come to Europe. And as I said in, in the previous episode, fleeing, fleeing from Syria, fleeing because they were in danger and not safe and they needed to leave their country to find safety in another country. I would definitely advise you if you haven't to go back and listen to the previous episode because there's some really good vocabulary in there to talk about refugees and the, the refugee situation at the moment. But yeah, because that was going on when I had, was finishing my studies and I was doing modules on refugee protection. I was really interested in continuing and going on to work in organizations dealing with migration and refugees. So I did have the opportunity to work and to receive asylum seekers and refugees in Ireland and help them in the application process to becoming a refugee in Ireland and also helping them with different things like finding suitable education and training opportunities, work, housing, accommodation, which is completely, you know, essential for anyone. So it was definitely demanding work, but it felt great to to feel like I was contributing 
And and I think from this really practical experience, I got a a, a good understanding of the situation. And you know, it's so different when you learn something. You know, you learn something at a master's level. You know, like at a high level, or you you read a lot of news, you read things, and you watch a lot. But it's so different reading things in theory compared to actually doing something in practice. And I think as well, for me, that's really how I learn and how things really hit me. And that was uh, a unique experience and something I will never forget. So I want to dive right into the different definitions because I think it's really important to understand them. And I think they're often misunderstood. And this can lead to a lot of problems, a lot of misunderstanding, judgment, confusion, with just members of the public and even at government level, which can be yeah, very detrimental. So I want to start at the broad, wide term migrant, because anyone who leaves their country to go to another country to, that crosses international borders is a migrant. So it's a very, I would call it, it's a very neutral term. But yeah, sometimes it can be a negative one where they say, you know, people say, oh, they're just leaving their country because they want m- more money or free aid or something in another country. So, but anyway, I would say migrant is, everybody is a migrant who has left their country. And then it just goes to either you are either a asylum seat or you're a refugee and you could also be undocumented but we talk normally about the refugee situation like we are talking here about Ukraine that these are refugees who are leaving their country fleeing to safety to a neighboring country to get support so a refugee is per- as a person who has fled Uh, their country because of war, violence, conflict, persecution, and they are crossing an international border to find safety in in another country. The thing about the difference between a refugee and and an asylum seeker is that asylum seeker is usually how most people start in a process of arriving in a country and they want to be protected, they want safety, they want the support of the government and in terms of health, housing, you know, to to get accommodation and to be supported because they have just left their home and they're, you know, trying to get out of danger. But so many people make an application and they are an asylum seeker and then they wait for becoming a refugee. So a refugee is actually, it's a right to international protection. So it's a legal status. So many of the people that I worked with in the organization were asylum seekers and many lived in temporary accommodation for several years. It's still ongoing as well. There are many, many people from many different countries who are asylum seekers staying there in in Ireland, in my country, this is what I know, and waiting for their papers to be processed to go to the court and to be approved as a refugee. Because as a refugee, you can then settle more permanently in the, the new country. For the Ukrainians, 
There has been a temporary legislation brought in in Europe. It's a directive to to get kind of technical and legal with you. It's called, I think it's called a temporary, let me just find it here. Yeah, it's called a temporary protection directive. And this means that all of the states in the EU, all of the member states, 2027, Okay, is it 26 or 27 now that the UK has left? I think it's 27 member states, all of the countries. They can offer people coming from Ukraine a residence permit, which will give them rights to education, healthcare, work, accommodation. I think this runs for up to three years. And as far as I know, Ukrainians who are, will arrive in the EUs are treated as refugees so they have that legal status. They are not going to be in that asylum procedure where they need to apply and get recognized as a refugee. Because as well, it's usually if a refugee comes from a country that is clearly in a war situation, and so everyone in that country is not safe. And so there's nowhere in that country that the people could go to safety. So it is very clear in that situation that they need protection in other countries. The people that I was dealing with as asylum seekers, I would say the difference is the difference between if there is a big conflict in your country like Ukraine or Syria, Or if you are receiving treatment, you're feeling unsafe in your country on the basis of five different reasons. This could be due to your race, your religion, being like a religious minority, being your nationality, your membership of a particular social group or a particular political opinion. So these are called the five convention grounds of the the United Nations Refugee Convention. And I'm going to give you an example just to make it more clear. So some people that I received in the organization were coming to Ireland because of their sexual orientation. They were from the LGBT community and because, I mean, there are many countries and I'm not going to name one country, but, you know, certain countries in Africa, I know, South America, that gay people are persecuted. Gay people do not feel safe in that country and they can even face death, face violence. And if in the whole country they feel um, unsafe, they feel that there is nowhere there where they could be safe. Many will choose to to leave their country to find safety in another country. But because this is them as an individual, it's more an individual problem. More complicated to go through that procedure and to be recognized as a refugee because you have to prove your story. You have to get legal aid and tell your whole basically life story and also present proof of Perhaps the violence that you have suffered, maybe correspondence, communication that you have received from people who have made threats against you. And yeah, to prove there's a huge, as we say in legal terms, there's a huge burden of proof on the person who applies for refugee status because it's on an individual basis. So yeah, that is basically the difference between someone with an individual claim on the basis of, you know, being maybe from a different religious 
minority. But then whether you're a refugee, this is international protection. This is a status, a legal status that guarantees you to be more permanently settled in this new country. I hope that was clear. I'm very passionate about this topic. And of course, it's very current at the moment. And, you know, the also the, the UN Convention on Refugee Rights, it was approved just after World War II. So this is one good thing that came out of the war. It was so to help protect refugees at the time that had come from the war, Jews and other, other people. And most countries are part of this convention. So most countries, you know, need to participate, need to contribute, need to do their part when it comes to welcoming and bringing in refugees. So this is what's going on at the moment. But as you may have heard, it is very different to previous conflicts and other people from other countries. There seems to be more better reception for Ukrainians in Europe than, for example, Syrians. And this is something that we discussed in our Changemaker Club. Yeah, this article that we read from The Guardian was really shocking. It was looking at the racist coverage of Ukraine because some reporters were saying things like, oh, you know, these Ukrainians, they seem so like us. This is what makes it so shocking. Ukraine is a European country. Its people watch Netflix and have Instagram accounts. They vote in free elections and read uncensored uh, newspapers. War is no longer something visited upon impoverished and remote populations. And we're not talking here about Syrians fleeing the bombing of the Syrian re regime. We're talking about Europeans leaving in cars that look like ours to save their lives. So basically, looking at this, Many people have more sympathy for Ukrainians because they are European on the European continent and because they, in inverted commas, look like us and they are more like us, in inverted commas, who is us, but I am European, talking from this this vantage point and reading this Guardian article. So yeah, this was shocking, but I know that this is in people's minds and it doesn't make the plight of Ukrainian people any less deserving. Ukrainian people need our support and help as much as as we can. And there has been a lot of funding given for this, the refugee situation at the moment. I'm going to link some reliable resources from UNHCR, the UN Refugee Organization, and there's one that gives data and statistics. So if you're into that kind of thing, keeping track of the numbers, it's very interesting to see. As I said in the previous episode, and I think it's worth saying again, the number of casualties at the moment is 2,400. That's civilian casualties, ordinary people, not soldiers. So 925 people have been killed in the invasion of Ukraine so far. And there have been 3.6 million refugees that have left Ukraine to flee and to go to another country. That is huge. They say that it is um, unlike anything since World War II. That this has been the biggest movement of people, movement of refugees 
from a country. So there is a lot of support given to providing for these refugees who are who are fleeing and going to these neighboring countries. The final thing I wanted to say was a question that has come up and it makes me quite angry. You know, when people say that we don't have enough capacity to welcome in this many refugees in our country, maybe in Ireland, for example, or Belgium. And uh, for example, look at our people, look at Irish people who uh, we've had an ongoing housing crisis in Ireland. So many people long term homeless and also just the price of housing is really, really high in Ireland. So there's a lot of ongoing emigration. Young people tend to, you know, continue to emigrate from Ireland. And yeah, just very difficult to to live, you know, very expensive country and hard to afford housing. But what I would say to this about, you know, welcoming in Ukrainians and why can't we help our people first? I would say that if we don't welcome in Ukrainians, I don't think the situation of homelessness will improve. It's not going to help the situation. And if we do welcome in Ukrainians, it's not going to change anything either. Because also in terms of funding, it's a quite complex like issue, but how funding is divided. We have humanitarian funding. We also are part of this agreement, the Refugee Convention. Most countries around the world are part of this convention on human rights, have signed um, this treaty to support refugees. So we do have this obligation under international law to welcome in refugees who are in need. So that's what I would say to that, basically. But yeah, I know that it is a topic of debate among people in general. I think is all I wanted to say about refugees. I have, it's been great to share this knowledge to talk a little bit about my own experience and to make this distinction between asylum seeker, refugee and migrant. When I was doing this research, I found that I don't think there is is enough information out there on YouTube, in articles. I think there definitely could be more. And I think it definitely leads to confusion, as I said at the beginning. So just to summarize, migrant is this neutral term. There's no legal uh, definition for it, but it's just migrating, leaving your country to another country, crossing international borders. And an asylum seeker is beginning the process of getting protection in another country. You don't have any guarantee that you will stay in the country. And if you are not successful in your application for status to stay in the country, you could be sent back to your country. You have to prove a lot that you are leaving your country for a real well-founded feeling of fear. And uh, usually this can be on a case-by-case basis. So something that you have to prove your own personal history and personal story versus the refugee. The refugee is an international legal status. It's a guarantee that you can live in the country, in the new country, in the host country, and that you are on your way to becoming a citizen in that country. And I think with the Ukrainians who are coming to different 
uh, countries around Europe and elsewhere in in the world that they will be given this refugee status in the next few years. But I'm not completely sure on that. But from my research, I think this is what is happening. They won't need to put in an application to prove that they were coming, fleeing from fear because this is happening in their whole country. So it's very clear what is happening, that this whole country is being invaded. Okay, that was a lot there, a lot of information. And I I hope you found this valuable and useful. And I would love if you could share this with your family and friends so we get the message out so that I can help more people to understand things in English, to use your voice in English to make change for the causes and issues that matter to you in the world, to be able to break down the issues a little bit more in English for you so that you can get a more clear understanding of the situation. And so thanks for listening and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of English for Change. If you enjoyed this, I would love it if you could leave a review or recommend the show to a friend. See you next time.